0: Welcome into another edition of the Doug Russell Podcast. Glad to have you along. It's one of the games of the night as I tape this in college basketball, knowing full well that by the time you consume this, it very well could be over. Number 10, Marquette at number 21, UConn. Of course, the Golden Eagles won their earlier meeting at Fiserv Forum between the two teams on January 11th. UConn was the number six team in the country at the time, and that was one of those games that really made everybody stand up and take notice of how good Shaka Smart has gotten this team to be just two years into his tenure. As the head coach of the Golden Eagles, and it was in that same vein that uh, I wanted to talk to Joe McCann, who I've had on the podcast before, talking about Marquette basketball, and I was sitting in alongside Dobie Maxwell. Hunter Baumgart uh, was uh, producing the show, as always, on the Drew and KB show on 97.3 The Game uh, on Monday, and needed to talk some Marquette basketball because this has been a fun team to watch. And we've kind of gone through some of the ups and downs of Marquette uh, over the last couple of seasons, the end of the Steve Wojciechowski era, and now that Shaka Smart has this team playing at a top 10 in the country level. They're an exciting team to watch, and Joe McCann from Crack Sidewalks, uh, he had a chance to join us on the program yesterday, and I wanted to bring you that conversation today. During Drew and KB's show without Drew or KB. They are making their way back from Las Vegas. I hope when they were out there, so I'm Doug, and that's Dobie. Hunter's here, too. I hope they put some money on the uh, Marquette Golden Eagles. They're pretty smart. I think one of them would have. This is a team right now that I don't know if they're on track or if they're ahead of schedule. I'm not sure, but there was a malaise over this program during the Steve Wojciechowski era. I mean, this is a team that you thought had really good players going into the season but were just never able to kind of put it together sure and um continue on into the tournament and, and win any tournament games but now with shaka smart this is a top 10 team in the country right now as judged by the ap voters mm-hmm. i don't know that i saw that at the beginning of the season you thought that when the season started i thought it was going to be okay well marquette could be okay wisconsin could be okay and mm-hmm. you know i think that The in state rivalry between these two schools is going to perhaps go beyond just their early December game. But right now, Marquette is lapping the field. Like you
1: said, if you had to predict that, you would bet on Wisconsin. I would bet on on, I would bet the other way. I would bet
0: the other way. Joe McCann, uh, he has, uh, well, he's a Marquette alum. He's been covering this team for so many years uh, for Cracked Sidewalks. He is one of their podcasters uh, as well as columnists. He joins us here on The Drew and KB Show on the Game Radio Network all over the state of Wisconsin. Joe, appreciate the time. How are you today? Great, Doug. Good to talk to you again. How are you doing? Absolutely. Good to have you on the show again uh, as well. Um, Let me ask you kind of where uh, Adobe and I started. Where is this team as far as where you thought they were going to be? Are they ahead of schedule? Are they on schedule? How do you view this team from 30,000 feet over the uh, over the over Pfizer forum?
1: Based on what you were saying a second ago about your guys out in Vegas, whatever odds they're getting on Marquette now, they're not nearly as good as they would have gotten a few months ago because they were take to finish ninth in the Big East. And, yeah, like I thought they would be a little better than that, but I did not think this. Now, to answer your question, I would say certainly ahead of schedule – uh, I, I did not expect Shaka Smart to have them contending for a Big East championship. I, I think right now they're actually the betting favorite. If not, they're, it's them and Xavier to win the Big East. I did not expect a, a championship in year two. So yeah, it, it certainly feels a little bit ahead of schedule. And, and just what Shaka has done with this roster, he overhauled it really quickly through recruiting. Did He got a couple of Great hits in the in the transfer portal with Kolik and Omax. and he, this particular team is just playing together so well right now. They they're fun to watch. They're unselfish and uh, just wondering how long this is going to last and if they can translate it to some March success. Yeah, Joe Hunter here. I a question about you know what has been like you said you didn't necessarily expect it pick ninth at uh, you know. The Badgers fans know what that was like last year when they were picked to, you know, to finish ninth or 10th in the conference and ended up winning it. So what has been, you know, a couple of the things that has surprised you that has gotten Marquette to this level and being ranked 10th today? A few things. I think it's, I mean, the short answer is just a little bit improvement from everybody. But I would say a few guys have taken a leap. Uh, The first guy that jumps out has to be Tyler Kolick, who he is starting to get national attention. As an All-American candidate, I think he's a. Uh, he was on the watch list. What was the top twenty for the Kuzi Award today? Um, he, he, you know, I think a lot of people overlooked him last year because they only focused on his three-point percentage, which was not good last year. And but they, and then they overlooked everything else he did, which was all between good and great as far as sharing the ball. Uh, he's a great passer. Uh, he's a he's a pretty good defender for his size. And this year, he's doing all those things just as well, if not better and he's a 36% three-point shooter. So the one criticism on him is gone, and so now teams have to respect his outside shot, and now he's happy to just drive past them, and he's a good finisher at the rim for his size. So he has been one of the biggest uh, leaps for the team as far as improvement from last year. And then Oso, who split time a year ago, uh, Oso Agadaro in the middle, he split time with Kirk Quest in the middle, and I think we saw last year that Oso was probably the better offensive player than Kerr last year, And uh, he, but Kerr was a better defensive player in the senior, so he started. But now Oso is playing the lion's share of the minutes in the middle, and he is showing what he can do within you know, the frame of the game, with, within the scheme of an offense, when he plays most of those minutes. Because He's an excellent passing big man. And I don't know how he translates to the pro level exactly, but he, I, scouts have to be intrigued with what he can do at his size. The only thing he doesn't do, as far as pro scouts are concerned, is shoot. He doesn't shoot the ball at all, but he's improved so much as a defensive player. He's gotten bigger. He's more muscular now. He moves well. He can play the majority of the game. He can play all the game if he's asked to. And uh, I think those two guys in particular, but you're getting so many little contributions from everybody, and it's just been fun to watch.
0: You look at the the gauntlet that this team has gone through. Uh, the first loss of the season was to the top-ranked team in the country, and then they lost over the weekend, Purdue, but that was only a five-point loss. But was there a turning point at any stage of this season for you where you thought, man, this, this team might be better than I had originally thought at the beginning of the season, two five-game winning streaks that they that they've kind of put together back-to-back, to back too?
1: Yeah, that, that game you mentioned, the Purdue game, that was a little – you kind of wonder if that was fluky, but when you took it to – I think Purdue – I don't know if they were number one at that time, but they were certainly top five, if I recall. But taking them – I mean, they were had Purdue on the ropes in their own place that early in the season. I thought, okay, well, that was a good effort. We'll see what they can do. But I think the, the eye-opener for me was when they blew out Baylor. Uh, Baylor came into the five-serve form as a top-ten team in the country, and Marquette just ran them off the floor. And that, that was that was a Wow for me, like that did not feel like a fluke that felt like a butt kicking, and they look like the better team from start to finish. And they look better than Purdue for 30 minutes of that game that they played just Purdue warm out late. And so I think it was at that, that point in the non-conference that kind of feel like they, they were definitely were not a ninth place team. You know, the, uh, the guys here at crack sidewalks and then uh, Andre at Pain touches uh, and then anonymous Eagle, we all kind of got together and did a preseason poll amongst ourselves, guessing where Marquette would finish. And we had them fifth, our collective predictions. And, obvi- and some of the other Big East media types kind of clowned us saying we're homers. And, but obviously we had Marquette too low. Because uh, I think they're looking pretty good for a top four finish, if not winning the league. Uh, but I think that the, the Baylor blowout was kind of the eye-opener where we thought, okay, we might be dead on with our top five-ish finish. And now it looks like they could do even better than that. Yeah, you look at this schedule coming up and um, obviously some winnable games, some tough games as well. They got UConn on the road tomorrow. They'll go to Georgetown Saturday, then a big game against Xavier uh, here in Milwaukee. When you look at the rest of this schedule and obviously they have a chance to win this Big East title, what are they going to need to do throughout the remaining games to nab that title heading into the tournament? Well, yeah, I think you said it there. It's, it, the next four games, that's going to tell us if Marquette's going to win the Big East or not, I think. Because mm-hmm. uh, if they can get through this four-game stretch and get past – so it's at UConn, at Georgetown, then they got Xavier, then they got a Saturday off, then they go to Creighton. So y- UConn, or UConn's a tough one, then Xavier's who they're fighting with for the top of the league, and Creighton's right behind them. If they can get through that four-game stretch still in first place, whether it's tied or have it to themselves, I think they'll finish the job. Cause then they got DePaul at Butler and St. John's they'll might be double digit favorites in all three of those games. So like, I wouldn't say I necessarily put a number on it, but Oh, you got to win two or you got to win three. Cause you maybe just got, to hope you get some help too. Cause if you, if you drop one or two or even three of these next four games, maybe you get some help elsewhere in the league. Cause all the other teams are playing good competition as well. But, yeah, I, I just think you've got to get through that Creighton game on the 21st. And if Marquette is still in first place, even with a share, uh, I think they would finish the job.
0: Joe McCann, Marquette alum and podcaster for Crack Sidewalks, a Marquette blog, uh, joining us here on the Drew and KB show. This is a team, a program that I don't need to remind you, but hasn't won a tournament game, an NCAA tournament game in a decade. How How much does that... I guess, hurt because it's a, it's a, a program that has such a proud history and tradition and, and how anxious is the fan base, the hardcore fan base, the, the ones that go to crack sidewalks on a day in and day out basis and listen to your podcast. How anxious are they to get that in the rearview mirror?
1: Yeah, it's, it's just a, it's just something you just want to get rid of and stop here and like, not since 2013, not since 2013, been 10 years, a long time. Um, And they've had some good teams in that stretch, but they also had some teams that were kind of tough to watch for about four or five-year stretch there. And that's one of the frustrating things is even as great as this team is, there's still that tournament where anything could happen. Like, you know, Shaka in his last year at Texas, he had a great team, but they came out and played one of the worst games they could have possibly played and lost to Abilene Christian. And so like, there's always that fear that you could have an awesome team, a final four quality team. And then you come out and just play terrible for whatever reason, or you have an injury that sets you back. And, but yeah, I, there's so much hope that you could at least put that in the rear view. But I, I think that's even that setting that as a goal, maybe selling this team short. I think this team is good enough to, to, to get a couple wins and maybe go even deeper when you're, uh, top 10 on Ken Palm. Uh, you're, you're the number four offense in the country, according to Ken Palm. And the defense has been improving a lot over the last few games. Uh, yeah, I think saying, well, let's just win a tournament game. Yeah, it's a, it's a goal for sure. And you want to just erase that one, you know, blemish that people keep reminding you of. And you hate hearing it, but facts are the facts. It's been 10 years since Marquette won a tournament game. Is, um, don't you think that's what's great yeah, about the like tournament, though? though? It, it, that's what's great about the tournament is you can you can turn it around. Yes, you can, it, it's it's uh, like do or die. You, you can get out shut out first, but you can also do well if they get hot at the right time. That's why I love college basketball because it's uh, the tournament means it all. And it will. And no, no matter, I would say almost no matter what this team does, it's almost unfair that they're going to be judged whether they get that tournament win. But I, I would still say if they are able to capture a Big East title. Uh, That would be something you could be really proud of. But still, you want that tournament win just because that's, for better or worse, that is our national champion. So you want to do something in that tournament to hang your hat on and build on for the years to come.
0: Joe McCann joining us from Crack Sidewalks here on the Drew and KB Show talking some Marquette basketball. I want to talk about Shaka Smart for just a moment. When he first came in, in your opinion, how much – of a culture change did he have to engineer to, to kind of turn things around? Because it had seemed as though, I keep coming back to the word malaise, when you know you look at the Steve Wojciechowski era at Marquette, how much of a job did he have to do? How big was that job to kind of turn that culture around?
1: Well, yeah, I mean, he had to do a lot of work because he had to bring in a lot of players because a lot of guys were either out of eligibility or just transferred out when Wojo was let go. And, you know, he brought in a lot of new recruits. He kept two recruits, um, uh, Stevie Mitchell and Cam Jones were committed to Wojo and they stayed on board when Shaka came in. But then he brought, uh, three guys who were committed to Texas came along with him. And then again, he hit those two grand slams in the portal with, um, Kolek and, and Omax Prosper. So. that's one thing about the portal is when you need to change a culture around, you can do it kind of quickly because you can get those guys in and get them eligible immediately and get them start playing. So you can turn it over pretty quickly, but still it it has been, uh, I think, yeah. Oso is the only on this team who even played a minute for Steve Wojciechowski. Unless I'm forgetting somebody, I think he's the only guy who played a minute for Wojo. So it has been a complete overhaul in two years, but to your point, Doug, you have, to, you have to start the culture, and that's something Shaka said when he got the job. I think it is his opening uh, press conference, he said, uh, first year is all culture. We're just going to talk culture, and we're going to build the culture. And so he made sure he, everyone he had on the roster was going to buy in for the years to come. And so fortunately, he overachieved in that first year and got to the tournament, and and. So the winning was good on top of the culture building. But now this is the year where the culture building is supposed to have a good foundation for even more winning. And that's what it's done, probably more than even Shaka Smart anticipated this year. But yeah, he's done a lot of work, but it's, I mean, the the overhaul of the roster has been quite impressive because there's a lot of young guys on this team. Hypothetically, this entire team could come back
0: next year. Wow. Uh, Final thing before we let you go. uh, When you saw that Marquette was ranked 10th in the country, I mean, I know it's, I guess a day of celebration. I don't know if it was anticipated. I don't know if it was expected after the win over Butler uh, over the weekend. But uh, how how are your readers and how are your listeners? How are they reacting to number ten in the country?
1: It's fun to say top ten team, right? Yeah, it, you know, it's not something you're going to hang a band <laughs> bragging rights. Or, yeah. I mean, it's not something you're going to, you know, hang a banner or a tr- put up a trophy over because it could be gone a week from now, especially because they're going to be at UConn tomorrow. And sure. uh, it's certainly a game that you could conceivably lose. So, but it's always nice to be in the top. Ten. It's always nice when you go to like the scoreboard page on some website and you don't have to like change the tab to find your team. You're yes. in the top 25, but <laughs> you're just right yes. there, you know, or you're seeing the bottom line on TV that they only put ranked teams. So like, oh, there's our team. So it's, it's, it's nice to have that convenience of being ranked. Uh, I, I personally pay more attention to the, like, metrics, the Ken Palm rankings, right? Like, being top 10 in Ken Palm, which Marquette has been for the better part of the month now, I think. And so I, the advanced metrics are pretty good predictors of how good you can be. And hopefully they just stay there and, and can be a top 10 quality team according to the metrics when the tournament begins and that could spell good things for march but you know you got to get out there and play so we'll see
0: tell you what they're a hell of a lot of fun to watch right now continued success to the market golden eagles joe mccann uh check him out uh, on crack sidewalks check out their podcast and uh hopefully as the tournament approaches we can get you on the air again uh here on the game
1: We'd love to do it. Hopefully we're talking about wins in March. So looking forward to that. Thanks,
0: guys. Absolutely would uh, love to talk some wins in March. Joe McCann joining us you can follow him on Twitter at Joe McCann three or crack sidewalks without the because you only have fifteen letters or fifteen it's okay. uh, cracked S I D E W L K S. They just took out the
1: A. All right. But like a, like yeah, a personalized a, license plate. It's a great follow. Squeeze it in. Yeah. If
0: you're a Marquette fan, if you're a college basketball fan, it's a great follow. Thanks to Joe McCann for joining us. Our conversation with Joe McCann from Cracked Sidewalks here on the Doug Russell Podcast. That was part of the Drew and KB Show on 97.3 The Game on Monday. No matter what happens in the Marquette-UConn game on Tuesday evening, Marquette's had an incredible season. You hope it continues. I hope that it, you know, they can just... Uh, Keep their hot play rolling, but they've won, as I tape this, 10 out of their last 11 games, back to back five game winning streaks, and they're doing it against some of the best teams in the country. So hope it continues. Hope uh, we can continue to talk about victorious Marquette basketball, but thanks to Joe McCann from Crack Sidewalks for joining us. Marquette, by the way, has three just out, and maybe more, but the three big blogs uh, Crack Sidewalks, Anonymous Eagle, and Paint Touches uh, they all do such fantastic work. And if you're looking for the best Marquette coverage, I know Ben Steele does a great job with the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, but if you are a Marquette basketball fan, you have no dearth of information and analysis that you can go to and all of those guys they do such incredible work and uh we've been blessed to have a number of them here on the doug russell podcast all right that'll do it for this edition of the show again as i tape this go golden eagles not just tonight but for the rest of the season they've been a lot of fun to watch this year all right that's it for the doug russell podcast we'll talk to you next time